Hey there, this is Jay Blake Fischera of the Score to Death Radio and Saturday Night Movie Sleepover Podcasts. And I'm also the author of the Score to Death book series. With the Score to Death books, I explored the craft of creating horror film music through detailed interviews with many of the genre's greatest composers. And now I am turning the books into a documentary. Production is already underway, but we really have only just begun. If you're listening to this between September 27th and November 1st of 2022, you can help make the definitive documentary about horror film music a reality. And while you're at it, also pick up some very cool tier rewards. So if you love horror movies and or film music, head over to Kickstarter and support Score to Death, the dark art of scary movie music. And keep up with the film's progress on social media by following at Score to Death or at scoretodeath.com. for the vast majority of the segment uh, in the lonesome death of Jody Verrill from Creepshow. And of course, there's only one person I trust that will have my back when I go to the Department of Meteors down at the college. The one, the only, Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? I'm good. I'm sharpening my comically large surgical weapon. I'm ready to go. <laughs> yes, which you... You've, you've steam cleaned from the appearance yes. of it. It comes out hot. Sterile meat cleaver, right? Exactly. Oh, you you don't want you don't want a meat cleaver that's been used on other patients to cut off fingers. You want that hot and sterile for that new patient. You, you don't want to spread anything weird. Yeah, no, and then, and then you take it, you make yourself some spare ribs afterwards. <laughs> sure. That's right. Definitely. Uh, Cut up uh, some short rib, uh, whatever you need to get at. Um, I don't think a, a cleaver is technically a medical instrument, but then again, I don't think Jordy Verrill knows what doctors do. <laughs> I mean, it's entirely possible in this um, little tiny town. The, the 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 town doctor is also the town butcher. <laughs> <laughs> it's a one stop shop <laughs> where the elite meet to buy meat. And get a prescription. Um, But I don't want to scare you, Gina. We are not alone. That's right. We have a very special guest. Now, of course, you might know him from Hooked on TJ Hooker. And of course, (laughs) the legendary We Hate Movies. But we are now proud to say that he is a returning champion here to Kill by Kill. The one, the only Eric Ziska. How are you doing today, Eric? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me back. It is a pleasure to be here to talk about... um, you know, a dim-witted Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, the wit is very dim. It's it's hardly lit at all in this uh, particular sequence of Creep Show. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask Eric. What was your first experience with Creep Show in total? Oh my lord! Now, what's funny is I, I for some reason I didn't get to this till way late. I think sometime in like the 2010s, mm-hmm. I was. Uh, I was, you know, kicking back uh, some uh, sauce, sort of like Jordy <laughs> Verrill sure. likes to yeah. do. And uh, this was on television one night, and it was sort of a blind spot that I'm glad I rectified. There are good moments. There are great moments in this movie. Yeah. And, and this ain't this ain't one of them, to, no. to, from my opinion. Your results might vary. Yes. I'm sure there are people who this is the mountaintop when it comes to 
creep show, but that is not true of me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I find I find this a a wild fucking swing. I mean, I know they're going for one pure comedy segment, but I can't wait to get there. <laughs> Eventually, you will hit something that will make you laugh intentionally, I'm sure. Um, but yes, <laughs> when it comes to the the way the structure of this goes, it starts good, it gets terrible, and then it really climbs out of that valley and just keeps going higher and higher and higher. Um, so thank you for... for ch- I don't think I gave, I think I gave you some choice. No, no, well, it was this or Saw, so that it was kind of like a Saw game in and of itself. I think you chose wisely. Uh, I think it's getting harder and harder to find Saw guests. So it's it's one of those things people hear about and they're like, do I really have to watch the film? And like, yeah, that's the bit. That's the only bit that's in a, a Saw's giving episode. You have to watch the movie. Um, but let's get to our own torture device. And that is the lonely death of Jordy, Jordy Verrill. Um, bit of backstory here. King originally published, uh, this short story in the men's magazine Cavalier, uh, in 1976 under the title weeds and the story, because I, I read the PDF of it because it is not available in a collection. And apparently he doesn't want people to remember this exists. And I wonder why uh, the story <laughs> plays out almost exactly as it does in the film. Only it's a, it's a bit more explicit um, when the grass starts to grow on Jordy's dick. Oh, you could have used that. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it's really the one thing missing here is a close up of Jordy's green mossy dick. Yeah, I I, I appreciate they uh, kind of, the, I appreciate they left that up to the to the viewer's imagination, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess you couldn't get away with it in a horror comic at the time, so perhaps you can't really get away with it now. I, but uh, in many ways, yeah, this is a typical King cosmic horror tale, you know, evoking noted bigot and author H. B. Lovecraft's The Color Out of Space, you know, only with a bit more paper thin country bumpkin idiot who uh, it seems to have leapt from the pages of Little Abner right into rural Maine. Uh, and every time I say rural, I fear I'm also going to say juror as badly <laughs> as I say rural. Oh, uh, the rural juror. Yeah, no one, no one can say the word rural. 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 It, just to say the rural. word rural, it, it kind of sounds a little vomity, kind of sounds a little dental surgery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, oh. <laughs> exactly. Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, the country bumpkin act is, is is heightened by the fact that he is coked out of his mind. <laughs> like his yes. his his little yes. his, his his pupils are like pinpoints in this. He just like the only the only <laughs> the only the time he looks more just fried out of his mind on screen is in his introduction to the trailer for maximum overdrive. Right. <laughs> Which I think is the better Stephen King performance. Here, here's yes. my ranking of Stephen King performances. The trailer for the, for, for maximum overdrive. Um, the segment, which he has a tiny soda cup in it. Chapter two, everything else he's ever appeared in, including night riders where he eats a hoagie sandwich. And then this, this is terrible. Yeah. It's just Stephen King. I don't, he's not, uh, he's, he's a gifted writer. Sure. Uh, acting. Not so much. Yeah. I, you know, I want to say for the record, I love Stephen King. I've read his works for decades and I return to many of his novels. And I also love Crepe Show. You, we will, everyone will hear how much I love various elements of Crepe Show throughout this five part series. But I, I think, it is a very good movie because it absolutely knows what it wants to be and how it wants to be perceived. It is intentionally designed to be cartoonish and outlandish. A horror comic come to life so over top, over the top that it's, it's very much the attitude that it wishes to cruise at. And that said, the lonesome death of Jody Verrill may be the worst thing that either Romero or King has ever committed to celluloid, and that includes the music video for Pet Cemetery. <laughs> well, see, I, I swear, I first saw I first saw this when I was a kid. I I think I actually saw it in the theater, so I would have been mm-hmm. like like ten or so. And I just remember thinking that this was 
just the height of comedy. I mean, the, the whole like, you know, meteor <laughs> shit that just like, you know, I was yeah. like, oh, that's, this is, this is great. It's not going to get any better than this, which is, which is, you know, <laughs> as opposed to they're creeping up on you, which I was only able to actually fully watch about five years ago. Uh, because I, right. I, you know, every, every other time I would just like, nope, that I'm going to look away now because that part's coming up. And, <laughs> and, and then of course you watch it and it's kind of fake looking. And I was like, well, what was I afraid of? But, uh, but you know, but this was like, when I was a kid, this was my favorite segment. And then, and then I watched it as an adult. I'm like, mm, all right. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's a lot. Well, you know, alien stuff's exciting, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's like I kept wondering where this is going to go. Then it, you know, it it grew the plot, but not enough. <laughs> it's very small scale in comparison to many of his alien fare. Um, have you guys covered Dreamcatcher on we, the show? Yes, we have on We Hate Movies. Uh, okay, years back. That's a fun one. It's a fun, not so great one, but it's a fun one. I haven't yes. read this story though, to be fair. Avoid. <laughs> it's not not <laughs> not one of his better ones. He he goes hard in the paint for the weird little like language things and 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 mm-hmm. uh you know Duddits is about as bad in in uh in, in that as he is in the movie. So it's uh it's <laughs> yes. yeah, it's not a great one. It's not one I come back to. Got it. As much as I love his books that have it connections in them, he seems to have a real bad record when it comes to alien related books that have it connections in them. Because that and Tommy Knockers both have the feel of you need to stop whatever drugs you're taking. <laughs> and in Tommy Knockers, it was, I, I think he was off of cocaine, but drinking heavily. And in Dreamcatcher, he's on opioids from being run over by a goddamn van and you can tell you can just tell like the entire thing you're trapped inside of his head and which he's like i need to get off these drugs and you're like i wish you would get off the drugs too and i could stop reading this book but i read it all because uh i'm a glutton that way but this story in particular feels like revenge against one in particular non-greaser bully from his past who tormented him in school or life. And if it were animated by Hanna-Barbera, it would be more realistic. And I think the the wildest component that I've learned in researching about Creepshow so far is that Romero pushed King to, quote, go bigger in this performance, <laughs> which feels like a dare neither was willing to pull the parachute on before caving into the ground. I mean, he, he does something. He goes something. <laughs> I mean, he's got some memorable lines and moments, you know, like the, I'd be I'd be dipped in shit if that ain't a meteor. And right. then, of course, Gina, you mentioned the meteor shit line, the two crowning achievements of this segment. <laughs> it, it's a very shit-based segment of Creep Show, that's for sure. I mean, the I'll be dipped in shit line he already kind of looks like he has been dipped in shit yeah. just as a look, as a vibe sort of thing. So it's not that big of a tell necessarily. But yeah, he he knows how to turn a phrase that Stephen King. Who would know? It's just that his actions on camera are <laughs> fucking wild. We start, of course, uh, on a main dirt farm, meteor shower already in progress. A, a very animated meteor shower leaps from the sky straight into the ground, and Jordy resounds with a holy oh Jesus, which again, another word combination with a swear <laughs> that Stephen King has a way with words. Yeah, that's a, that sounds like something right out of one of his books. Yeah, and he's got a way of the depicting, uh, I guess, the poor or farmers or yeah, it is it is a wild characterization here. Yes, I <laughs> again, it feels almost personal like he's seen someone like this and been irritated by someone like this and has decided to devote an entire performance about it you know like make him as dumb as humanly possible and one of the elements here and we talked gina we talked about this when we covered the blob remake but i'll reiterate it here the first rule of finding a meteor is don't touch the meteor. <laughs> Never touch the meteor. Not with a not with a stick. 
definitely not with your fingers. Just don't, don't, just leave it, leave it. Very bad. Don't do it. Would not recommend. Call your local sheriff's department and get that racist asshole to, to touch the meteor. Don't you touch the meteor. Let some authorized authority touch the meteor for Christ's sake. Then you can't sell it to the college boys up the road. Right. <laughs> By the way, I, I love that, that sequence when he has that like vision of selling it and, uh, even in his vision, it's like fifty dollars. Then it goes up to two hundred. It's <laughs> it's, a, it's 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 really illustrating how dummy this character is. Yeah, he immediately goes, "Oh, I wonder, you know, what what it will, you know, what the Department of Meteors will pay for this." And he immediately starts licking his fingers in desire. And his his dream, his dream here, everyone, you need to know this, is to get two hundred dollars because that will pay off his bank loan so when some fucking boomer goes oh you should have worked harder to pay off your college loans i'm like oh but jordy verrill can find a fucking meteor and pay off his bank loan with two hundred dollars he worked hard for that fuck you dad (laughs) that's what you do when you tell him i told you to do it I didn't mean to jump ahead with you there, but yeah. So he he pours some water on there, and I guess it changes the temperature, and it's and that causes it to split in half, and the yes. goo he then just pours onto the ground. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to put it in a plastic bag. He doesn't want to save said meteor shit, but he has determined that this meteor shit is glowing blue, <laughs> and he doesn't consider that valuable at all, but. Again, don't touch the meteor. Don't try to cool off the meteor. Don't interact with the meteor. And if it starts talking to you, do not listen. Just don't. <laughs> I also like when he laments, like, oh, that he broke. Who's going to want a broken meteor now? Like, <laughs> like, you ever see a rock and it's like, this is a broken rock off another rock. <laughs> like, no one knew that. No one knew that it didn't land and break open. Like, what right. is the difference between? <laughs> Two halves of a meteor and a whole meteor. Fucking nothing. Take it to two colleges' departments of meteors and sell them both for 200 bucks. That's how you do it, Jordy. <laughs> what are you trying to well, pull here? This is a broken meteor. Right. <laughs> well, of course, his breaking the meteor leads to the iconic line, Jordy Barrel, you lunkhead. <laughs> Which he repeats over and over and over again. I mean... Over the course of his career, King has breathed life into all sorts of complete shit heels. You know, just a quick list for everyone to remember. You got your classic King greaser bully. You've got, you know, the writer whose wife has died and he needs a younger woman to sleep with and also die to get over that first wife. <laughs> you got mom-obsessed incel, lecherous graveyard attendant, writer who drinks and abuses his wife and kid while he's on the job, boss obsessed with rats, incel who wants to fuck his car, grifter who thinks he's God's vessel but is just a major asshole and ends up running for president, literal devil, bad priest, serial killer possessing a rabid dog, literal Nazi, fail sons of all ages, terrible husband who needs to be shoved into a well, terrible husband shoved into a deadly maze, terrible husband shoved into an alternate dimension where all of our stories come from, or terrible husband who dies mid-sex game. I could do this all fucking day. (laughs) That's it. Jordy Verrill acts like he doesn't have a single Dreamcatcher-esque shit weasel up his ass but is literally being piloted by all of them, like an entire (laughs) fleet. His guiding influence appears to have been Jerry Lewis at the start of a decade-long cocaine bender. And behind the camera, genius horror director George A. Romero was like, more. (laughs) Go bigger. Like, like, you're pointing that thumb in the air, like, keep going, keep going. (laughs) You don't, you don't, you're not acting enough like a human scarecrow. (laughs) Just... Slap your face more. Get more cross-eyed. Like, <laughs> King, like some people on camera, they don't know what to do with their arms. But for Stephen King, that extends from eyeballs to fingertips. Oh, yeah. Those eyeballs, my God. They're, <laughs> they're, just, they're walking like, out the door. All of his reactions appear to be wily e. Coyote in the middle of that 10-story drop. Every single one <laughs> is just... Wolf-eyed, I've seen a, a, a very attractive lady with tiny shoes. And Wooga, 
all the time. His performance makes Mickey Rooney's take on Mr. Yunashoni in Breakfast and Tiffany's look tempered, yet more racist? I don't know. It's a conundrum. But uh, let's get to the Department of Meteors <laughs> after I've gone through that long <laughs> list of bad Stephen King men. Um, more people should transport important items in buckets. Gina, what was the last important item you transported in a bucket? Uh, probably some crabs when I when I lived in the Baltimore area because you know, <laughs> it's not it's not unusual to see people walking around with buckets of crabs. Sometimes they'll try to sell them to you. I I think the last bucket I had was uh, big clams. And I think it's a sea uh, life thing. And meteors. <laughs> uh, surely this is how Trump moves top secret documents from one golf course to another golf course slash graveyard. Right. Buckets, everyone. You know, I I, be- I, be- I 100% believe that like like buckets and, and igloo coolers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Buckets are actually the most luxurious way to transport top secret documents. <laughs> this is the most beautiful bucket you've ever seen in your life. It's a golden bucket, and I don't just say that because Ivanka pissed in it. <laughs> the know-nothing Democrats want to want you to believe that you can't transport top-secret documents in buckets, but they're wrong. You got to throw what many people are saying in there. <laughs> um, sure, you could wait for a meteor to cool down over time, but <laughs> it's better to throw water on it. Get that but get that bucket full of meteor into the Department of Meteors. Yeah, immediately. Immediately, they want them fresh in the middle of the night. Just get in there. <laughs> right. And luckily for all of us, I think this might be my favorite part of all the weird parts of the Department of Meteors, and that is that the Department of Meteors has a lockbox full of mad money cash, mostly fives and tens. <laughs> it's their laundromat money or something. <laughs> It's Department of Meteors slash campus laundry room attendants, and they're collecting the money from the change machine all the time. Well, they're ordering, like, they're out ordering laboratory supplies, and it's still like, you know, back when you could do COD. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that must have fucking sucked to be a mailman, and then you're, like, making change for some podunk guy who's ordered x-ray specs from the back of a comic book i need to see through this woman's clothes but i didn't want to send a check that's not something you want in writing he dreams of this and then now that it's broken he has another dream about it in which the department of meteors guy is like this doesn't do anything for me it's two halves and he's like oh I've I've ruined my shot at paying off my $200 bank loan. But this is really the start of the horror because, and I want to, you know, get this quote out there from Stephen King. I recognize terror is the finest emotion. So I will try to terrorize my reader. But if I find that I cannot terrify them, I will try to horrify. And if I cannot horrify them, I'll go for the gross out. I'm not proud. This segment is all gross out. And it starts with the white blisters on his fingers. Those oh, God. Yeah. I, yeah. No, please. Yeah. I don't need close ups of that. And then it gets even grosser. He watches wrestling on television. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are many strengths to Creepshow, but I think it's, um, I, I think one of the detractions from it is the music here. You get all the dramatic shades of an episode of My Three Sons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, it is a little like <laughs> yes. It it sounds like uh, cops who should not should not be trusted to be in uniform are trying to catch a bank robber, but instead they've handed him a hot dog. And this is before Stephen King rips into a bottle of Ripple. Has, has either of you actually ever tasted Ripple? No, I. I don't think I, I know what Ripple is. It's fortified wine. And it was, I think, mainly the joke of this is what hobos and bums, and excuse me oh. for using that language, but that was the language of the time, that it would be what people who were, you know, outside drunks would drink. 
but I'm surprised that no one has tried to rehabilitate the image of Ripple. Like, shouldn't there be a mixologist infusing foam with Ripple somewhere in (laughs) Cobble Hill or Highland Park right now? Yeah, there definitely should be. I think they determined at some point that basically it's just like drinking turpentine, so. (laughs) It's like you can either get drunk on this or strip auto parts. Right, like your liver just immediately shrivels up to about the size of a Brussels sprout when 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 it passes your lips. (laughs) But imagine putting some turpentine into a mixer with some egg white, you know? Yeah. Shake it up, maybe a little lime and, uh, I don't know. You, you muddle some some huckleberry in the bottom of that? Yeah. You got a drink. I do enjoy the fact that when he takes off the screw-off cap, which all I can think of is Steve Martin in the Muppet show, in the Muppet movie, when he takes the cap off the wine and says, would you like to smell the cap? <laughs> um, yeah. But he he holds it under his nose as if he's catching the aroma of what could be day-old ripple. Like, I can't imagine it gets better once it's exposed to air. Yeah, It's probably better when he drops it on the floor. He could suck it out of the carpet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that that place, the Veril Residence, is a nightmare. I mean, it's rare that you get to see something in every shade of shit brown and that mm-hmm. has it like it's the kind of place that has car parts on the ground and yellowing wallpaper on the walls and it already looks like it has black mold like he should be dead already i think the space alien green moss is helping him here oh yeah I think definitely. It's helping him yeah, yeah it's, 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 it, it, it's destroying his house. So, yeah, you know, nature is healing and it's healing, <laughs> it's healing right over his property. And this is when Jordy finally notices that there's green fuzz growing on his fingertips and immediately goes to his Alexander Graham Bell phone. <laughs> and, uh, but, but then he, he looks around like a dog trying to find that ball when you put it behind your back. Uh, and he goes into a dream sequence. And now we're back at the Department of Meteors, only it's now called Doctor's Office. I think this might be a failure of Jordy's imagination. But then again, all of Jordy's imagination is kind of a failure. <laughs> yeah, he can only think of one guy. <laughs> one guy plays all the roles. And by the way, that actor, his first name is Bingo. Bingo O'Malley. Bingo O'Malley. <laughs> Unfortunately, we did not win on this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's right. Bingo. I'm sorry, Eric. No, no, nothing. I was reveling in it. <laughs> um, just uh, all the before and after jokes, I'm sure, that he heard throughout his life. <laughs> Must have made him really relish what he was named. So uh, Bingo is now also playing the doctor. You can tell this because he he has one of those mirrors on his head and a Van Dyke on his chin. And the I think more exam rooms and doctor's offices should come equipped with free roaming skeletons. <laughs> I do I do like the slow roll across the uh, the room with the with the in the chair that that still. That still makes that still amuses me. I like the Dutch angle. Has either of you ever been to a doctor that actually has that thing in front of his eye, like the uh, the 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 little oh, like yeah. visor with like the reflector? I've never actually seen that in 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 use in oh, real life. Yeah. It always, but it always came with, like doctors' kits and like and like doctors on TV and cartoons would always have it. I wish I saw that in person. Yeah, and uh, I guess the how Jordy imagines this will go is that they'll just cut off two fingers, but you can already tell that the moss has grown onto his thumb as well. So he would probably walk out of there minus at least three fingers. <laughs> that prompts Jordy to hang up the phone um, and decide, I'll just wait this out. Yeah, he's scared of going to the doctor. This is how I, this is how I am with the doctor. <laughs> but you, you don't currently, you're not covered in moss like right now, right? <laughs> no, I wish. God damn. I would love to commune with nature in that way. And in this, it's like, you'd think like, okay, maybe you'll try an at home thing. Cause like, is, is after this, he like goes to get the vodka bottle. Yeah. I thought he was going to try to sterilize it or like cut it off or something, but eh, no, 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 it just needs a, uh, a screwdriver hey, immediately. Yeah. You'd think 
point you think like just you know get out of get out of cheese get out of cheese grater or something just to see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Right. Try try some at home surgery. See what's happening. Or set it there. on fire. Right. Right. Touch something hot. Plants T- hate um, fire. <laughs> The notorious. You ask yes. any plant, they're like, "Here's here's the thing I don't like: fire." Yeah. I'm call me Frankenstein's monster because I'm not into it. <laughs> uh, Jordy manages to end up falling asleep, um, and uh, as he as he wakes up, we see that the alien green grasses have started to take over his front yards, and that shit looks dank as fuck. Am I right? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> You should at least try. Yeah, you should try to smoke himself or something. Yes, like it would probably be fucking awesome. That's that's the feeling I get. I mean, yes, you'd have to dry it out, and that would be a process. No one's going to smoke, you know, plant straight off of the vine. I know how it works. Mm-hmm. I've smoked the marijuana. Congrats! But uh, Jordy goes out, and he kind of puts two and two together. Then everywhere he's touched is now taken over by this green moss. And he walks outside to see how the crops are coming in, as it were. And he responds to this obviously bad situation by yelling no over and over and over again, like a real alien fuzz climate change denier. It's the point where he has the beard. Does he have, does he have the moss beard by this point? The, the, the moss beard cracks me up. The moss beard comes in a couple different shapes. The first version of it is more of a chin hugger. Um, I, I, I'm i sad to say that uh, a relative, I showed up uh, to an event um, last summer and they had that chin strap like beard that didn't connect to anything other than the lower jaw. And I'm like, no, I can't talk to you like that. You, you need to take care of that situation. I don't know who's advising you, but, but was it green though? It was not green. That is the one. That is the one thing that was going for it. But also, if it was green, then it's like the Joker, and you know he's just trying to make the world burn by you know his facial hair. And now right. I'm back in. Yeah. Now I'm into it. Now I'm imagining like a, a new metal Joker. <laughs> Oh, see, that's what we needed, right? In the 2000s, we had a lot of shades of various people in their their scary masks, or I'm going to wear kiss-like makeup and play guitar mm-hmm. and have a, an album called Hot Dog Water or whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> what was it, chocolate the- starfish and the hot dog-flavored water? Hot dog-flavored water, water. Yes. yeah. This, <laughs> yeah. That's what they named an album that yeah. they wanted people yeah. To listen to. They're, po- then, they're poets. <laughs> right. Well, who am I to judge their art, honestly? <laughs> um, I say on a podcast that has been judging art for six years. They're going to name an album after anal sex. And you're just going to have to deal with it, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's right. right. Like, who am I to knock the sanctity of anal sex? My apologies. Going to freak uh, out the squares with this anal sex reference. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, for those of those, for those of you wondering what the movie is on television, uh, where the grandma who's complaining about how they was they were sweltering the in the summer and freezing in the winter, that's uh, a monologue from How Green Was My Valley. So, start your laughter here, everyone, because you would need to know that in order to get that joke. <laughs> it should be noted here that King did suffer for his art and all of our entertainment. Um, He had constant allergic reactions to the grasses and moss that he was forced to wear on his skin and needed to be given several shots of cortis as a steroid. (laughs) I can't pronounce it. (laughs) Gesundheit. I'm assuming by this performance, it affected him greatly. Well, that and the cocaine, but the combination of steroids and cocaine produced this performance. So, That's that's a real say no to drugs ad right then and there. I mean, it just makes me itch. To, it makes me itch to watch the watch this movie. Like I'm just like kind of like you know, yeah. scratching at my arm and like smacking it and all. And the way he itches his back. I mean, I think it's I think it's part and parcel of of the whole deal. One of the components of the book or the I won't say the book, the short story, 
is that the grass actually reaches into his brain and starts talking to him and telling him that he's itchy (laughs) and telling him bad things to do next. And the movie's like, oh, no, 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 no. We don't want, we don't want something silly like grass talking. We'll just have him like walk around bug eyed the entire time and dump three fourths of a bottle of vodka into a pitcher of tang and stir it. Because you want to make sure that's mixed. It, it sort of suggests that the the grass is driving him to to get into the water because he like he like kind of stares at it. And it kind of sparkles <laughs> like he's like mesmerized by yes. the water. Yeah, yeah. So I, I sort of feel like maybe that's yeah. kind of implying that the grass is driving him to do that. It is sparkling. It's 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 almost as if like an, the entire Saturday night crew at Spearmint Rhino has taken a bath in that bathtub. It's just water and free-floating glitter. Jordy uh, ends up taking a booze nap after uh, all that alcohol, and he wakes up to discover that he's grown even more, <laughs> yeah, even downstairs. Yeah, now he's starting to look like uh, Jim Carrey's The Grinch at this point. <laughs> right? Yeah, he's, got like a, yeah, he's got like a, he's got like a CZ Top level beard now. Made out of moss. True. Yeah, he's he's kind of like a jolly green Sasquatch. Mm -hmm. Um, And he draws himself a bath. And lo and behold, the visage of his father, again played by Bingo, comes to visit him dressed like... Old timey, I guess. (laughs) uh, Yeah, he's kind of dressed like Reverend Henry Kane from uh, Poltergeist 2. Oh, yeah. Any of your various childrens of the corns. Um, (laughs) And he's like, hey, fuckface, don't get in the water. That's what it wants, okay? This isn't like Brondo, which is what plants crave. These plants really crave glitter water. Don't get in there. It's great because ghosts obviously would know the motivations of alien (laughs) shit because they're both from the heavens. Yes, true. Are aliens and ghosts communicating beyond the borders of our imagination. Wouldn't that be great? That would make like the, the threat of death so much more, you know, like, okay, you know, (laughs) I could talk to aliens up there. You'd finally get to know why all of their spaceships look like sauces. Like, why is that shape? I'm just thinking of uh, Bill and Ted's bogus journey because that alien station gets up into heaven at some point. Right. Exactly. That's that's sort of dressed like every Hellraiser dimension. It's very <laughs> velour blind driven as an aesthetical choice. Yeah. I, I think you would get a lot more play at churches if you're like, listen, you're not, heaven doesn't exist, nor does hell, but you do get to talk to aliens. So. Oh, is this what Scientology um, is after you pay all that money? <laughs> true i may be trying to resell scientology to people my are you recruiting <laughs> yeah no do a breakaway sect christianity has so many of them right like sure. there's the the uh, the current uh, scientologist could now be the orthodox scientologist right. and you do like i the could new... be reformed yeah exactly yeah. exactly you don't follow people with cameras and stalk them and whatever no 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 no, no, no whatever other crimes the church is committed Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm still going to lock my wife away where no one can see her for decades. That goes without saying, yeah. I mean, that's just, that's coming with. But um, maybe you don't hold on to two metal tubes. Maybe we make them hot dogs. I don't know. Something festive and fun. (laughs) Something we can all enjoy. I don't know how Scientology works. uh, (laughs) Other than the fact that I uh, went through a couple rounds of improv near the Scientology Mm. Center. I wish them Um, the best, though. Sure. No, uh, everyone in Scientology, you have our full endorsement here at Kill by Kill. That's right. Um, Not me, though, you guys. (laughs) No, 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 no. No, 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 they're good. They're good. (laughs) No, be on the right side of history. I also noticed something in Jordy's bathroom that I wanted to discuss, and that is he has a lot of nudie mags for one bathroom. That's... It's like a kind else, of lending library. What else, what else is he going? To, what else is he going to do with his time? You know, he's going to he's going to you, you know, he's going to watch he's going to watch <laughs> wrestling, and then he's going to look at porn. Sure, N- not much has changed, has it? He's a simple man, Patrick. He has simple needs. <laughs> I my barber growing up in Montrose, California, had uh, a rolling cart that had normal mag- your Sports Illustrateds on top. But the uh, the bottom half of the bar cart oh, had nudie mags. Which and, which ones? What kinds? 
Uh, I distinctly remember Playboy and Penthouse. Not wow. that I. So, so, the cla- so, the, so the classy ones then. Oh, the classy ones. Yeah, top you know. shelf. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was things with artful shadows. You know, you're not, you're not seeing inside. You're seeing outside <laughs> stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, not that I got to grab no, any no, of No chocolate starfish on that one. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> hey, maybe the occasional hot dog water. I mean, who's to say? I, I, sure. you know, I didn't take notes. Um, but here's where we get to a bit of a uh, a bit of trivia that has crossover with uh, Eric's other show, We Hate Movies. Now, a very important part of the We Hate Movies universe is the Gleep Glossary. <laughs> right. And yeah. according to some... King carried around an action figure of Greedo nice. for good luck during the filming. That's awesome. I do that. I have one right here with me for good luck right now. <laughs> and how does and how does Greedo feel about being included in this particular segment of Creepshow? How does he feel? Wow, wow. he probably wouldn't like it. <laughs> it is probably the only segment of Creepshow that features, at least undercover. Um, Cubert Mouth, which is my favorite description of Greedo I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Now I'm wondering if uh, Stephen King ever tried to practice Greedo's dialogue like I used to do. You know, like, <laughs> Uta Guta, uh, some Bichelet, Manichaskimio, Manichisa. Don't quote me on that. I'm, butch- I'm butchering the Rhodian language. Well, please, we, we take this very, very serious. The nonsense that, that George Lucas came up with off the top of his head on a legal pad to as dialogue for Greedo, a character he did not really understand until the makeup guy showed up day of. Or was Greedo one of the, I can't remember this, because that sequence was filmed twice, one with a lot more humans in it. And then they're like, oh, there's too many humans in this. We need some, we need some crazy aliens. And then the one guy's like, I got a werewolf mask. He's like, bring it. Oh man! Bring the devil guy. I, bring all of them. I love, love the devil guys. guy. Love the devil <laughs> all guy. The best. Yeah, La, La, uh, Labria, the devil guy. Yeah, the yeah, the Deveronian. I believe he was a he's a big music fan. I found out <laughs> on the sure. Greek glossary, which is what you were referencing, yeah. our Star Wars sideshow on We Hate Movies, where I read character bios to the rest of the guys, and we have fun with it. And yes, we learned about not only is the devil guy uh, a music aficionado, he's also a war criminal. <laughs> I think those two things go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, the, dual, the duality of one's personality. Of course. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to just be a war criminal. Sometimes you also want to be able to know the entire track listing of uh, the chocolate starfish and hot dog water mm-hmm. or whatever the fuck that album title is that I still don't remember and refuse to learn. Yeah. That was in his collection and figuring Dan and the modal notes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, big fan of jizz. Uh, oh, that, yeah. That alien. I love it when they wail it. <laughs> oh, God. Jizz. Oh, jazz in the Star Wars universe is jizz. Uh, yeah. Just, you know, yeah. it's a fun movie. It's just a, it it's is. a fun movie. Uh, people should watch it. I don't know if they should get into it or really be fans of it, but I think you should watch it. Um, and this is when Jordy... Uh, after hearing his dad tell him, don't get in the fucking tub, you idiot. Uh, it's like, well, you know, I'm a goner already. And like so many Friday the 13th victims we've talked about, Gina, Jordy has hit the, eh, it's been a good run stage of his life. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's why, I think that's where the, you know, the problem with this, this segment lies is that, oh, he kills himself. <laughs> like, that's that's yeah. sad. <laughs> It always feels like he could have just killed himself getting into the tub, but we have to have that added thing. Like, no, he killed himself. See? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, it is worse in the short story. So in the short story, the grass, uh, he dry fires the shotgun. There's not a shell inside. And he's like, I can't, I don't have eyeballs anymore. So I can't find where the shotgun shells are. And the grass goes, oh, we can find it. We know where everything is in the house. We think you might taste better dead. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, even this grass hates you. This is how much he hates Jody Farrell. <laughs> like, grass hates you. So when he wakes up, yeah, he's got, oh, he takes off his shirt. We learn that he has serious back moss. That's another uh, 
delightful component of this. Um, so yeah, he wakes up in the morning completely covered, looking like the first draft uh, Grinch, and he finds that shotgun, prays to God that his luck works this time, and blows off what's left of his head. His voice also, I mean, we'll get to this in the next segment, but this Creepshow has zombie voice. And so he reaches zombie voice levels. I guess the moss is inside of his throat. It's very, very I, I wet. It's very wet sounding. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but in the next segment, we'll get more wet zombies. So if you. Oh, I'm, I'm going to rural if you guys keep talking like this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that, that's pretty much, uh, you know, the lonesome death of Jordy Verrill. I mean, he dies. Uh, the the TV says the the forecast for the next days is like plenty of sun and then plenty of rain. So farmers are gonna love it. Everything's gonna grow like weeds. And you see that the the moss has started to grow towards a sign that says that if, uh, Castle Rock is five miles away and Portland just beyond it, making an obvious uh, King reference there. Uh, so yeah, this is one of King's many apocalypses. Um, that happens in this one. Do you guys have a favorite Stephen King apocalypse? Hmm. I, mean, I, I mean, I gotta go with the stand. That's uh, that's you know the, that, yeah. that's the 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 iconic one. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I have man. I I saw that like a billion years ago. What? Give me, how about a multiple choice? Okay. Uh, well, the stand where everyone dies of a pandemic, and we wouldn't know anything about yeah, that. I already saw that happen. <laughs> Yeah. Did not like it. Uh, or, <laughs> yeah. no, uh, the world can be taken over by vampires. Oh, that's, that's a good one. That's another one. Um, that's his his play on the last man on earth. Um, or the world can be taken over by shit weasels. Mm. Uh, well, there's a lot of his cosmic horror. Like, the entire world can be sucked into a dark dimension vortex. But oh, that's like, pretty everyone good. Has it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, or it can be taken, or it can be taken over by trucks. <laughs> trucks. <laughs> All right, I'm voting trucks. Yeah, yes. yeah, but, 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 but consider, consider you'll have to listen to nothing but ACDC for the rest of your days. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you you're not you're not underselling this. I, I will live into a world that is just ACDC playing constant guitar riffs and <laughs> when someone turns their head. And if you get tired of it, you can search for that shotgun. <laughs> That's right. You just cover yourself in gasoline and light yourself on fire Ooh. or get blown up by a variable strength grenade, uh, grenade launcher. <laughs> I think I would go with the trucks because I don't know. I don't know that I could get through uh, the stand. I have the feeling that I, I would just be a corpse uh, inside of a tunnel or something like that. The very idea that the one guy who lives in prison and almost dies and ends up eating parts of a rat, but slowly because he can't eat all the rat right away. That's too much for me. I can't handle that. Got to savor that rat. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. Stephen King has a thing for rats. Have you ever watched Graveyard Shift? Uh, shit. You know what? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> uh, that's, I think that's a recommend. That's a wild. You know what's funny is, is I, I didn't check now, but a lot of time I'll be like, I, I never saw that movie. And then I'll go to my letterbox profile and be like, well, apparently I have. And I wrote all this really? stuff about it. <laughs> apparently we recorded an episode on Whoops. it in 2012. <laughs> I do love that movie. It's a, it's a town that's crumbling so much that when a river washes out a graveyard, everyone goes insane. Like the, the town is built on an, a washed out graveyard. And then rats are like, we're taking over, baby. I mean, awesome. you got if nothing else, watch, yeah. watch it for for uh, uh, Brad Dorf playing an exterminator who gets to do a back and nom monologue. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's got a sweet back and nom story. I love those. Got, mm. I love those stories. It's like they they would get a guy and they would strap him to the ground and they get a rat, a real hungry rat, uh-huh. and then they put him on his stomach and put a, a hot bowl on top of the the guy's stomach and the rat. Right. So the rat wouldn't have anywhere else to go but to eat through the guy. Yes, yeah. I, like, I remember this in, what was it, Too Fast, Too Furious, I think they did this. <laughs> 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 You're right. It's in two movies, everyone. Yeah. It has to have happened. The two There's major, no way ma- it's a coincidence. The major events of the past, you know, century, you know, Vietnam and Fast and the Furious. Right. <laughs> 
the Miami one with the the fun the fun rocket cars. So that just about does it. Unless anyone else has any observations about the lonesome death of Jordy Verrill, they just have to get out into this world. If you're going to show this to kids, you could probably get away with this one. I mean, the, yeah, he does shoot himself at the end, but it's not bloody or anything. He just like it looks like somebody like just shooting a bag of uh, of, of like peat moss, just like you know, blip. Yeah, and it's honestly an optim- you know, an optimistic ending here because like the alien grass is now going to grow all over the planet, presumably, right? The forecast says mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of rain coming up, and uh, you know, the Earth will be green again. True, true. It's going to reverse climate change, and that's that's all we can ask for. Yes. It's the solution to all of our problems and the cause of all of our problems, <laughs> all at the same time. Um, so before we go, uh, Eric, uh, tell people where they can hear your shows and sure. and hear more from you. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Eric Siska. I know it's a complicated name. I didn't choose it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> whmpodcast.com you can find We Ate Movies there tjhookerpodcast.com for all the hooked on TJ Hooker goodness that is out yes. there um, that's just a little underdog show I do about TJ Hooker starring William Shatner and I yeah. uh, just want to quickly mention since it was, it's October it's scary month uh, mm-hmm. We Ate Movies is playing in uh, Toronto uh, at the Royal Theater on October 27th. We'll be also in November. We'll be in Denver, Salt Lake City, and Phoenix. You could check out uh, our tour dates at whmpodcast.com. Do it today. Uh, Gina, where can people find you on these here internets? Uh, I write about movies and television at thespool.net. Uh, by the time this goes up, I will have reviewed uh, the movies Blonde uh, and Goodnight Mommy and probably a whole bunch of stuff for a uh, scary season in October. Uh, and I am on Twitter under Gina does things. Do it today. People check it out. Josh Hollis does all of our artwork. Revenge body uh, does our themes. Go to uh, revenge body, Memphis for this theme and all of our remixes. And of course you can find us on the socials, rate reviews on iTunes or your podcast or choice. Join us on Patreon for lots of fun stuff. Uh, where we are covering various movies. We've talked about every Halloween movie, uh, and we survived that. What will we be doing at the end of the month? You will find out soon. And, of course, next week we'll be back with the next segment of Creep Show, uh, something to tide you over, uh, uh, which includes Ted Danson and uh, an actor using a fart machine as his motivation. So you have that to look forward to. Uh, but uh, thank you, everyone. Listen to We Hate Movies. It is fantastic. Uh, it is uh, one of the uh, core bad movie podcasts in the world. And you're too people should be too kind. Just too kind. It's an absolute truth. Uh, but until then, for myself, Gina, and Eric, bye bye, everybody. Bye. Bye bye.